This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet brave enough to talk, talk about things like, you know, movies, television, Netflix, dragons, space lasers, anime series that are now live action series starring Harold and Kumar veterans. I am Dan Selke from WinterIsComing.net. And as we all know, last week, our venerated co-host, Mia Johnson, left us for bigger and brighter things. So we are going to have some new co-hosts around here shake things up a bit and this week we are very pleased welcome to the podcast to the pod um diana nosa and diana um from whence do you come in the fan-sided uh multi-conglomerate hydra head and what do you do there hi everyone my name is diana nosa i started with fan-sided back in march of this year so coming up under a year um this month but yeah, I'm a staff writer. I write for all things entertainment, just like um, my fellow comrade in making, Dan. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm super excited to be here. A little nervous, but I'm sure that once you get to talking, it's going to go right, feel right at home. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and we have a very uh, friendly commenter base. Christian, I already see you in there. Hello. How you doing? Who is um, very hospitable. And has been called by um, Fortune Magazine the friendliest comment section of any podcast on the internet. So you'll be just fine. Okay. And the reason I wanted to have you on, Diana, particularly this today, because we have a bunch of new shows. It's, it, it's fall TV season right now. There's a lot happening. There's, you know, the Book of Boba Fett is coming up. We got The Witcher coming up. Uh, just this Friday, we have The Wheel of Time dropping on Amazon and Cowboy Bebop dropping on Netflix. And I wanted to have you on because you are... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, a bit of an anime buff. Am I correct? Yes, Yes, you are. And I thought you would be well positioned to talk about Netflix's next big swing, a live action. Well, you can tell me if if it's a remake or what exactly is it of um, the 19, the beloved late nineties kind of stylish sci-fi anime program, Cowboy Bebop, which I did watch when I was a youngin. (laughs) And thrilled to its um, jazzy stylings. <laughs> and as a fan, I just want to get your opinion on what's the deal with this show? Is it worth watching? Is it satisfying to either people who like the anime to begin with or uh, absolute newcomers? And hello, Christian. Hello, Natalie. Good to see y'all. What do you think, expert Diana? You are being closely watched and there will be a test later. <laughs> Okay, so simply put, I believe that it is an enjoyable series if you are someone who never watched Cowboy Bebop, don't know a Spike Spiegel, don't know a Faye Valentine, you you just never were familiar with the anime to begin with. However, in the same breath, I do think that if you are a fan, you may want to skip this one. It might not be as satisfying as a 
of a release that you may have thought it might be. And that's usually the case with a lot of live action series. You know, they never live up to the original, but I still think that it it tried, but it just couldn't, it just couldn't (laughs) succeed, unfortunately. And once again, another live action probably gets tossed to the side of being like, no, let's not do that anymore. So but, you know, the reasonings why weren't exactly like so concrete. I don't think I think it's so hard to say because I have like the series has been getting mixed reviews. Like we saw, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes reviews of it, it was like a four forty five percent or so. And I I agree it was around that mark. Mine's is more so 50 50 because in some ways, like they do get things right. Like I think that they got, you know, the sci fi realness of it all really, really right. I think it That's was cool the visuals and the the sound effects, like all that was super exciting to see and it didn't come off as cheap. So I thought that was fun. I thought that the storytelling of Vicious and Julia was fun because usually in the anime, you know, you don't really get that much story from the antagonist. You kind of just see that they're just all bad or, you know, just all vicious. But it was like, (laughs) I got to see way more about these characters that I never really knew before. And it made me a little bit more intrigued. However, in the same breath, the cons would have to be that, you know, their story shouldn't overcloud, you know, Spike Spiegel, like they should not be more interesting than Spike Spiegel, nor should they have like, you know, more of significance than Spike Spiegel. And I felt like in this series, we didn't get enough of our protagonists, despite this being, a show mostly about him so yeah it was kind of it's, it's very mixed in what they were trying to go for and i still can't put like put my faith finger on what exactly they were trying to go for but <laughs> all in all i think it's enjoyable but watch with discretion anime watchers definitely by the way we have greetings from julie davies longtime watcher Saul, Jen, and Jen again. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. And they're all welcoming you, Diana, to the Take the Black family. I mean, yeah, because I watched Cover Bebop back when I was like in middle school or whatever. And because I'm old and I really enjoyed it. And I remember that like the appeal of it was this kind of mix of very flashy, very stylish animation and music. It is very famous from kind of like a jazzy uh, soundtrack that everybody loved to remix online it had a lot of lighter moments like it was a breezy series it kind of like um it was it was easy to watch it was um always had like kind of flashy new image up next or like a nice little montage and then there were kind of the dark moments but it um had a lot of a lot of flow to it i always thought the original had um does the netflix show translate any of that like because i heard that the episodes are like an hour long as opposed to like a half hour like they used to be Mm -hmm. like how much is this like a complete transformation and how much is it just attempting to channel the original okay i think uh, i feel like if if we have to do a percentage wise like 20 percent of it is try to stay faithful and like 80 percent of it was like Completely yeah different. where did that come from um like you said the show is supposed to be really easy breezy go with the flow it's not supposed to feel so heavy mm-hmm. and in the first episode of netflix's cowboy bebop it just felt very very it felt it felt dark like it was like spike spiegel doesn't come off to me as someone who's charming he came off to me as someone who's like hmm. really kind of 
scary almost. So it's just like, uh, what happened to like my first anime crush? Like that guy is like super, <laughs> super charming and super attractive. But now like the guy in like the janitor onesie fighting with the broom. I remember the episode exactly, like, yeah. kind of fluid movements. Yeah, he's super cool. He's like a smooth operator. But in Netflix, it just didn't it didn't stay faithful to that until much, much later. But then by then it's hmm. it's too late. So yeah unfortunately they didn't stay as faithful as we hoped in terms of like that light feel to the anime how was the acting because i know like the biggest get probably john cho who mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure he's in things other than harold and kumar that's what i remember him from so harold and kumar that john cho um as spike is the acting up to snuff like are they compelling enough to kind of watch for them Oof. i i did feel like the <laughs> acting was a little one that's note yeah, it's a meh. Like I wish for a little bit more, um, a little bit more depth, a little bit more subliminal, I guess, face messages that they like, you know, some, you sure. know, like, you know, but like we didn't get that much of it. But I will say that there were some moments with Vicious and Julia that I felt, especially with Vicious, that I felt were like, OK, this is like pretty, pretty outstanding acting. Unfortunately, it didn't cool. shine through all the time, though. But, you know. I mean, it's interesting that apparently, so you're saying like the, because again, I remember, I actually watched the show not that long ago to kind of, uh, to kind of beef up for it. Um, the Vicious and Julie are kind of the bad guys who were not like in, in the original show. They're not in it that much at all. They're, they're like not. a couple of episodes. So you're saying they really beefed it up. They like try to make it like, like a continuous serialized story because the original show was very like every episode stands on its own more or less all the time. Yeah, they definitely did. I think they did that um, much better. But then again, that's what the anime was known for, for its like independent right. episodes. But I think the Netflix series this time did go for a more continuous kind of feel, which I don't know as of yet whether it hurt or helped because I felt that maybe it was supposed to help, especially with the episodes being an hour long. You're like, okay, they'll nice. get much Sounds more long. done. And unfortunately, it just didn't, it didn't pick up the way I thought it was going to. Yeah. So, so Diana, I, 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 I am not feeling bullish about watching this. I was thinking about it. I was thinking maybe I'll dip into it and check it out, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling le- less certain about it. Oh no. Have you ever like watched a like anime to live action thing that you like? Cause there are quite a few of them, especially on Netflix. Like I remember they did like a death note thing with Willem Dafoe of all people. Um, <laughs> there's like a live action full metal alchemist thing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that live action attack on Titan movie. And it was not very good. Um, are these things just destined to fail over and over? Are we I, learning anything? <laughs> I think they are sort of kind of destined to fail because, you know, anime fans, we, we are, we die by our anime. Like we <laughs> def- definitely love it so much. So it's like when it is a live action, it's scary to see like if, it, if they're going to get moments, right. If it's going to translate well on camera, like, cause animation to camera sometimes doesn't really translate that well. So I think that's the thing that they keep running into. And until we find a way to really do that better, I think, we're just going to keep being destined to fail with live actions. I wonder, I mean, okay. So there's like two options here. Like the first option is like, maybe just don't make this. The second one, I wonder is like, cause like, you're right. Like, like animation is so different and distinct and like the out. So for instance, like the costumes on copy bebop, like the things that spike wear is so distinctive, like the kind of like zoot suity, like shoulder pad yeah. looking thing. Like it looks good in animation. It looks, it looks weird to me when I see it on John Cho though. Like, I, I wonder if, if the solution is to like, just, 
if you want to make a live action cowboy bebop, like just redesign stuff, maybe mm-hmm. that, that's yeah. what I would think. Right. Like going literal because literal things in the cartoon world don't look right to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Or like, again, Temple Metal Alchemist thing, like, like no one dresses like Ed and the other <laughs> exactly. one. Like it, it just looks bizarre when it's on live action to me. Exactly. I think um, the show tried to, I feel like the show knew that too, because with Faye's outfit in the anime, it's, it's actually very, very unlikely uh-huh. to be an outfit in real life. So they tried to do that, <laughs> exactly. but it still kind of felt like, yeah, let's just, I feel like you can either go really, really campy or just not do it all, at all, like yes. you said. But I guess that's not going to happen because Netflix is like really going hard on anime in general. I think they bought like a lot of them. I think they had a, they, they like got even galleon a while ago and they like put that out in front of it really hard. So I think, I feel like we're in for a few more of these. Diana, yeah. if, if you could choose an anime that they had to make live action and just, there was no choice, but they had to do it. Any that you would want to see. And then they hire you as a consultant. Of course you can do it right. <laughs> I would say they were in the right direction of getting Shinichiro Watanabe's, which is the consult. He was actually a consultant on the Netflix series slash the director mm-hmm. for Cowboy Bebop. I think they were going in the right direction by getting something that's just like one season and done. So I would say his other work called sure. Samurai Champloo would probably be the anime that I would love to see a live action. Cause it's so, it, it doesn't involve like superpowers. It doesn't involve sure. like sci-fi. It's just really just your regular story about, you know, three people who just are bound by fate and they kind of have to go on this journey together. So I, I feel like that's so hard to mess up. So I think I would love to see <laughs> Samurai Champloo next from Netflix, hopefully. All right, Samurai Champloo, Netflix, Ted's friends listening to this right now. I don't see why it wouldn't be. So this is your suggestion, Ted. Uh, make it happen. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Cowboy Bebop? I'm going to guess your recommendation, what you already said, is a mm-hmm. probably a soft no sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in closing, I feel like, you know, you would probably fans or not would probably enjoy it no matter what. I feel like it's still an enjoyable, watchable series. Like there are some moments that make you go, uh, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, you'll have a good time. You'll have fun. And that's, that's all that matters. Okay. I mean, I might watch one. I kind of want to see how they do that big floating fat French serial killer guy with the, with the top hat. Remember him from the, from yeah. the show? And I was, I, I, I want to see if that's any good in the live action. <laughs> and as Jen says, she loves the zoot suits, which I do too. I just wish they were um, tailored more flatteringly on a live action actors, Jen, but maybe season two, could there be a season two, by the way? Cause they were talking about it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the director was assuming yeah. it actually is a hit. Yeah. Sometimes things that are bad are hits. I'm just yeah, saying like exactly. just because we, we don't like it doesn't mean it couldn't catch on the, i thought the witcher was stupid but it caught on so there we go <laughs> yeah there might be a season two they definitely set it up at the last episode to make it seem like okay there's more to this story and we're not finished so <laughs> fingers crossed that you know maybe we'll see a season two but i don't know for right now what netflix is thinking but hopefully by the way christian has a question for you uh diana what about a star blazers live action familiar Star Blazers? I'm not too familiar with that one, but it does sound pretty familiar. Uh, I mean, pretty interesting. Crystal would love a live action Fates series. Do you know Fates? Oh, yeah, that would be super pretty, but I would be, I do not trust Netflix with that. I don't think so. It's so much, (laughs) it's so pretty. The animation in the anime is so, 
you know, spectacular and the outfits are super, super, super detailed. So I was, I, I would be a little worried if I'm being honest with Netflix doing that one. I'll look up fates. It is weird that Netflix, like the only one who's they've made it their mission to do these live action animes. And like, I guess they just see a market for it, but there's no hits yet. So I guess <laughs> they just keep it on faith. So, okay. Good, yeah. good for you, Netflix. <laughs> All right. If we're done with that, um, should we move on to the other big review we have for this week? Of course. I'm excited. So, so this was one that I'm more familiar with, and then I'm going I'm to try and sell it to you. Okay. So the Wheel of Time is this giant, big, epic fantasy show that uh, Amazon is adapting. Um, this book series is like 30 years old, came out in the early 90s. It's been around for a long time, very famous for a long time. It's never got a good adaptation for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, let's be real. The, 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 the reason they're doing it now is because Game of Thrones was a hit. And they're like, what if we get us one of those? So they're finally doing this. And I've watched the first three episodes. And I'm pleased to report that it was it's, it's pretty good. I, I don't want to call it great. Julie is excited. Can't wait because it's still early. And it does suffer from some, um, we really want this to be a Game of Thrones um, style success, but it's good. I just want to say that out first. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to watching more. So, Diana, I'm going to have the story to you briefly, and I'm going to um, see if this piques your interest. Okay. okay. Are you like into Lord of the Ringsy, Game of Thrones, swords and dragons and such and stuff as like this? Yes, yes. Game of Thrones, definitely, yes. Okay, quality. So, uh, we have a uh, sorceress named Moiraine, played by Academy Award nominee Rosamund Pike, who is very, very good, by the way. She's the best one of the cast. She kind of sells everything. Thank God they got her. (laughs) Um, And she is looking for this messianic figure called the Dragon Reborn, who can save the world or destroy it. We don't know. And it kind of opens up. She's going to this um, sort of sleepy, fantasy, bucolic, rolling fields and cows village type, very shire, very hobbits. And um, there's one person among them who could be this Dragon Reborn thing. Just know who. And they're going to have to go on a big old epic quest to go across the land and discover things about themselves and fight the malevolent Dark One who's this big, evil, sleeping, godlike, bad man. Don't let him wake up. It's really, really bad. It's going to be bad news. Um, and that's that's basically the gist. There's You got the magic. You got these Aes Sedai sorceresses, who are this all-female organization of powerful sorceresses who kind of run the world, basically. They like whisper in king's ears, and they can shoot fireballs in their hands, yada, 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 so, 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 and so forth. And you have kind of like these five ingenue characters who are all sort of potentially the chosen one, basically, but we don't know which one it is. And, you know, um, not all of them want to go on the quest. They got to be dragged along by it by Moraine. Some of them are more eager to accept it. And they kind of all grew up together and there's some romance between them, but not all of them. And there's like one wants the one, the other wants the other one. So you've got a kind of a mix of high fantasy nonsense stuff with the dark one and the lore and the magic and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You've got some um, young person, some good looking people getting into some romantic shenanigans. Uh, you got a lot of world building. This is one of those, this is one of those like big epic fantasies that has all these like 
names of cities that are hard to pronounce and like uh like this like you know who game of thrones and Lord of the rings have like these long like mm-hmm. thousands of years back histories yeah where they're talking mm-hmm. about like and i remember Lo, when menetherin was the battle of <laughs> and such and such a forth and it's 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 it works in context more or mm-hmm. less and they got that going for it it is this big dense series with kind of this hook of a bunch of good looking young people go on a giant quest to uh, mm-hmm. defeat the dark one. It's, it's pretty simple out of the gate and it kind of gains complexity as it goes. I've read some of the books now to prepare for this thing. And, the, and, and I want credit because those books are big and those books are long and um, it was not easy, but I did it. Uh, <laughs> and the first episodes, again, they were good. Um, the acting is solid. And of course this is Jeff Bezos money. So he poured a lot of money into this. Like the battles, they have like the monsters, the Trollocs, the orcs are kind of like these, um, this giant bipedal strong monster things, like these giant animal heads, like rams and birds, and they look great. And the magic looks great. And the, like the, the outdoor sets or they're filmed in, I don't know, like New Zealand or, uh, England somewhere. They look stupendous, like beautiful photography. Um, and again, they got Rosamund Pike in there to kind of her job is to like sell all the fantasy nonsense stuff. Like you want an Academy Award nominee to sit there and talk to you about ancient battles and actually make you care, which I think she does. I was surprised how into it I was when she was like, I will buy this if you are talking to me, Rosamund Pike, if you are saying this stuff. That, that's pretty effective. Um, and yeah, we're kind of going on this big old quest, just getting going. And I liked it. I thought it was well paid. I thought. The cast is pretty big and they make good because, again, it's Game of Thrones ish where there's a lot of characters and they're kind of. They're not as spread out as on Game of Thrones where like we had like Daenerys over here and Jon Snow mm-hmm. up here and then down here. They're like more a little closer together, but they're still kind of there's some sprawl to this. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets even more sprawly as the books go on. Um, but right now it was solid and I was afraid it'd be bad. I'm not going to lie to you. I was afraid this would be just blatant, like a blatant cash in attempt, but the folks who do it clearly like the books and it's, it's different enough from game of Thrones. that it's not going to give you deja vu, but um, it's similar enough to kind of scratch that itch a bit. So, so far I'm enjoying it. And I can't like say anything specific people in the comments and I will address some of these comments in a second, but um, so far so good probably a, better than i was expecting i'll say that mm-hmm. what do you think diana are you intrigued i am very much so intrigued it sounds super interesting you definitely sold me on the oh, of course rosen pike i love her so like She's just really having good. her being the star is definitely something that can like draw people in but what kept me would have to be like this quest this journey of you know to find mm-hmm. the one like i always love those chosen, chosen ones kind of kind of series so. they're everywhere yeah, they're, they are everywhere. But I like the fact that you said that it's not trying to be Game of Thrones. So it's like, you know, it'll scratch no. that itch that we have, you know, while we're waiting for the prequel of Game of Thrones to come out. But in the meantime, I think that people like me who never heard of it would probably very much so enjoy it. I think they will, too. After watching it, I'm like, OK, I can see how people would. This this would appeal to people who who didn't who don't necessarily who haven't read the books mm-hmm. and that's on purpose because amazon again they want this thing to be a broad based hit they mm-hmm. want it to check a lot of boxes for a lot of people because how else do you recoup all these costs like jeff bezos had to go beyond his couch he, he had to like actually go to his bank and get some money out for this to pay for it 
So they got to make some money back on it. Let me read some of these comments here because I'm curious what y'all think. Looking forward to starting the show, says Nicole. Saul is excited to watch The Wheel of Time next week on Friday. Christian says, I tore my bicep trying to hold the first book. <laughs> um, yeah, th- like, something about epic fantasy authors, they cannot write a short thing. Like it's either 800 pages or nothing. Like they're not interested in anything less every time. Uh, see, Crystal says, I have huge expectations for the Wheel of Time. Expect slow start to get it right. I will say the first episode, Crystal, was my least favorite, probably because it. I, I think it did kind of, it wanted to like rush into the action a bit. I think it wanted to like hook you. It, it didn't want to like wait around. Um, but the second and the third, I, I liked better when it kind of grooves out a bit more and kind of settles back into its own rhythm, which I liked that. Uh, let's see, live action fate series, also Crystal. Cannot wait, says Julie. Uh, don't worry, I'm not. I'm, I'm just not making noise and say something. Okay, Julie says, not too sure why they had to put the nudity in, but if it's good, I can overlook it. Okay, I mentioned this in my review. So, one of the ways you can tell this show is kind of in the shadow of Game of Thrones because there are some Game of Thronesy things in it that aren't in the books. Like mm. the Wheel of Time is sort of it, it, it's a pretty chaste series. It, again, it, it's not Game of Thrones. So, Game of Thrones is famous for its sex and violence. The Wheel of Time is a little more family friendly. Like there isn't as much of that. The characters are younger. It, it's, it's got a bit more of a bright eyed uh, Hobbit Lord of the Rings feel to it. More like if Game of Thrones was like hell is other people uh, and for Lord of the Rings is like good versus evil. Wheel of Time mm-hmm. is kind of in between there. There is political stuff, but there's also more elemental. Like there's a th- 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 there's good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um. And they definitely didn't have any nudity in the books because it's just not the kind of books there are. But in the show, there's a couple of scenes in the first episode where I watched it and I'm like, you just put this in because you saw Game of Thrones and they have naked people in that. So you had to have some here, right? You can tell me, Jeff. It's fine. I I won't (laughs) tell anybody. I believe you. So, yeah. And Julie, it's not that long, but it it did feel sort of pretty shameless, like just... (laughs) Well, Game of Thrones did it, so we got to do it, even though it doesn't really fit. And it, it kind of goes and then it passes. So I, I wasn't that concerned about it, but it was it felt weird, especially for this book. And Christian says, I'm selling it. Oh, good. I'm selling it. Jen says, if the nudity is fair, like GOT was, I don't care. don't need it, but it has to be fair. It was just, you'll, you'll, you'll know it when you see it. It just felt out of place to me, but whatever. <laughs> um, but overall, I think I'm selling it okay to the audience. Good for me. Do you have any uh, questions? Anybody, Diana or you, anything you want to know about the series that I've um, that I've teed up? Hmm. Now, I did have a question. Are these, you know, you said there, there's like five of them who could be the chosen one. Yes. So are there, is there someone who's definitely the chosen one amongst those five? Or is it just like... There, it's like the, the, the first book is finding out which one of them is the chosen one. And they, <laughs> they, they, they're all very important throughout the entire series. Like a couple of them become the ice, like they join the ice and ice sorceress group. Um, one of them doesn't end up being the chosen one. And that's kind of like, it's, I feel like in the nineties, there was this whole um, subversion, subverting the chosen one thing, going epic fantasy. Cause like game of Thrones at, at the end of the day, I'm not sure they did it well, but the, I think the whole thing was Daenerys is the chosen one. Oop, she's massacres a city. Mm-hmm. Um, this is is also like a chosen one narrative with a twist where it's like, great, you're the chosen one. Now, what's your responsibility like? And then like a lot of the books are exploring what that is. 
Um, but yeah, you eventually do chew, find the chosen one out. And then, but the story goes on from there. Like it gets into, it gets, again, there are 14 books in this series, Diana. There, it, it's so much happens. <laughs> um, and they're aiming for like maybe seven, eight seasons. Again, they, they want, they chose this because it, it's Game of Thrones size. They can mm-hmm. actually have that much and not have to stretch. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, I, I, I don't even, it, it, it's hard to condense something that big into a, um, a soundbite. As Julie asked, were there Trollocs this episode, Dan? Yes. Um, I can reveal that. Yes, there are, Julie, and they look terrific. Looking forward to that one. Oh, Christian says, Anakin was the chosen one. Oops, sure, that too. <laughs> we don't, oh, I mean, Dune right now is a whole like chosen yes. one subversion thing where he's like the chosen one, but there's a, a war fought in his name, et cetera, and so forth. We even had like a real unambiguous, unironic, just straightforward chosen one thing since Star Wars. And I'm okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> I love it too. I, I don't mind it. I love, I love that, that anyone amongst us can be the one only yeah, person like that, that too. can, you know, save the world. I kind of like that. Yeah. And, 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 and the wheel of time has that definitely baked in. Okay. So yeah, it, it's a good series. I'm, I'm looking forward to more and I'm curious to see how folk take it. I'm curious to see whether it can actually um, become the hit Amazon. So clearly, clearly <laughs> wants it to be. All right. Any other thoughts on this from anybody in the audience or from you, Diana, before we move on? No, but I will definitely tune in to that first episode. I'm super excited. I think they dropped all the first three all at once on Friday. And then it's like one by week after that. More people are doing that nowadays to like kind of get you in. Yeah. All right. Um, Our next topic is, you know, the trailers never sleep and sorry. Yesterday, I think we got um, the first trailer. No, wait. Yeah, the first full trailer for the upcoming Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. I thought we would watch it and maybe lend our brilliant insights into what's going on. Okay. Whenever, Richard, let it rip. Are you a Spider-Man fan, Diana? Or a Marvel fan in general? I am very much so a Spider-Man fan. I love Spider-Man so much. Very cool. Are you... Um, where does Tom Holland rank in your uh, Spider-Man hierarchy next book? Like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, et cetera, and so forth. So confession, I've never watched Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, so I know that's probably you're young. already. We get it. You're I young. Am, yes, I, I watched it. But I do. I definitely did enjoy Andrew Garfield's, but Tom Holland is number one for me. He's our generation Spider-Man to a T. I love it. I mean, look, I was around for Tobey Maguire, and I even I can say Tom Holland's the best one. He just fits the best. He just has kind of the look for it. They spent mm-hmm. a long time trying to follow him. Once Disney got control of it, they were like, li- li- or Marvel, they were like, we we can do this. Just mm-hmm. let us handle it. And they did just fine. Did. Now, this one, the big... Uh, story obviously is all of these old Spider-Man villains. We got Alfred Molina as Doctor Octopus. We got Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Does this excite you? Are you interested to get into this like nostalgia fest? Because you didn't see the Tom Tom Maguire one, so you don't even I didn't, have but... nostalgia for these. <laughs> but it does excite me because you know, with um, Into the Spider Verse, it was kind of the same premise, cool, of, like yeah. you know, all those multiverses coming into one, and like you know, you get that kind of nostalgic feel of those you know the same villains or the same i guess like look from the previous spider-man so just seeing the villains come back is just enough to make me super excited to see even the first one honestly i, I would really watch Tobey Maguire's. it sold me i do recommend the first spider-man movie by the way the second one one with doc Ock was really really good um mm-hmm. yeah 
Oh, and they still got um J. Juno Jameson in there as um J.K. Simmons, who has been around mm-hmm. now for like 20 years in that role. Good for him. Yeah. He is really, really perfect. Um, yeah, it, it, it looks good. Um, do you, ah, I, I wonder at what point like the Marvel movies are going to get so kind of self-referential and metatextual with oh, all like the old villains and the old movies and, you know, just kind of referencing itself. We got references to Electro there, Jimmy Fox, and mm-hmm. it becomes like almost impenetrable. I wonder about that, but I mean, they keep making jillions of dollars, so I don't, I don't think it's really a think, terrible thing to be concerned about. <laughs> we got Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman. Now, okay, so are Andrew Garfield and, and Tobey Maguire in this? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I think they're they trying their best to hide it, but it's just like, come on. We know it's them. Like, <laughs> it's the best opportunity to bring those guys back. And I, I, I would be really surprised if they don't have them in. It would be, or at least if they have them in, like, the ending credits. I think I would be super like, oh, okay. That's weird. Oh, it'd be a failure if they didn't have them in at this point. <laughs> For sure. Although, I, I, I guess you should keep in mind that, like, us people being, like, online so much, we're exposed to, I, I bet most people who see it won't be expecting it. Mm-hmm. And then just our jaded selves will be like, but where was top? Where was Andrew Garfield? I'm upset. <laughs> um, so I'm talking to keep that. I, I try, I try and keep that in mind that I am not like the normal person because I'm way too close to this stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As Nicole says, Tom is a better Spider-Man than Toby. I agree, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Even Christian says, I'm old. Toby is still my favorite. But Tom Holland is awesome. So Nicole says, love Dr. Strange from the trailer. He appears to have a big, yeah, he totally does. He's like replacing <laughs> Iron Man, basically, exactly. it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that. that they always have that, you know, common denominator that Tom Holland, Spider-Man needs a mentor, which at first yeah. I was a little put off by because I'm like, I want Tom Holland to have his like own standalone kind of movie. But now I'm like, you know, he is like 16, 17 years old with the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So having a mentor would be probably more realistic than not. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I wonder how long they can do that, because, I mean, Tom Holland's like can be pushing 30, not before long, and um, <laughs> it's going to start looking kind of weird. Um, actually, I'm curious on this, like he, I, I just read an interview with him where he said, like, you know, I'm playing Spider-Man again. I've been doing it for a while. If I'm doing this when I'm 30, doing too long, perhaps it's time for me to retire and they could make like a Miles Morales movie. Do you think they should keep doing Tom Holland stuff or is there a time eventually when it's like, OK, will phase you out and bring in someone to play like Miles Morales or even a new Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that it's probably time to like probably start phasing Tom Holland out and bring in finally six years, you know, college, college Peter Parker. Like, I feel like that Peter Parker is probably oh, no. the most interesting one to me. Cause isn't that when he meets like Gwen Stacy and all that. And I know like the second one with Andrew, I forgot. Garfield. Andrew Garfield had, you know, Gwen Stacy, but I'm like, I kind of want Gwen Stacy back. I know we love MJ, but like Gwen Stacy is, the, is where it's at for me. I also forget. So, so is Tom Holland's Peter Parker still in high school, technically, like yeah. in the movies? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an eventful high school career. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's probably yeah. time to retire the, the high school cap and gown and just put him, put him in college already. I, I, yeah, I, I'd be fully in favor of that. Someone else. And see other some comments. Jim says this one has legs. Who knew? Oh, the suit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know why they do that though, Jen? Is they give him like thirty thousand suits. They can sell thirty thousand different Funkos and thirty thousand different um, action figures. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Disney always thinking, always eight steps ahead. And uh, so I will also Dr. Strange. Can't wait to watch the new movie. Cool. I'm with you. And Christian, I prefer Tom Holland. Do a couple more. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I could get, I don't know. He is very well suited for the role. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do a couple more, but not, not so long that it starts getting weird. Like no one wants to see Spider-Man, like Tom Holland at 40 playing a, uh, Peter Parker. I'm finally a senior in high school. Can't wait to graduate. <laughs> But he got, he, you know, Tom Holland is pretty good because, like, because he always has a youthful is, face. Yeah. So, like, even at 40, he might look the same way that he looks right now. So, hey, sometimes folk drop off, though. Like, some <laughs> people at 40 look like they can pay 25, not many. I don't know any 40 year old who can successfully play like an 18 year old, though. <laughs> I have yet to see that done successfully. Do you, um, what was that movie that, um, uh, that musical? Uh, Barbara uh, musical movie that just made Greece. Was it Greece? Or no? It, it, it was a recent one. Oh, a just recent a one. Broadway thing. Never mind. We got to go on. Evan Hansen. <laughs> thank you, Richard. Oh, oh, oh where um, yeah. they had like the guy who did the Broadway thing yeah. play the sixteen-year-old, and he's like thirty years old. And you know, on Broadway, you, you're like far away, and also mm-hmm. you're spending displays, so it's fine. But like. When you got a 30 year old playing a 16 year old right there on the camera in your face, uh, no, it's, it, does it does not, not work. work. It doesn't, it didn't work at all. It's poor Ben Platt. I heard it was really bad. I didn't actually see it, but um, Me neither. I, I, I heard bad things. <laughs> but yes, poor Ben Platt. I hope you have a, uh, a more success elsewhere. I'm sure you will. All right. So yeah, this has been an eventful week. Um, yes. And of course, as usual, we, it's so eventful, we couldn't even get to everything. So what we're going to do is something we call the Wick News Lightning Round, where we go through several stories. We could not fit into the main show, and we have 20 seconds and no more than 20 seconds, eh, well, give or take, to um, give our hot takes upon them. Um, are you familiar with the rules, Diana? Do you have any uh, things you want to brush up on first, or are you ready to go? I think I'm ready to go. I've been, I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> okay. And as Julie says, Tom Cruise could play younger. Or thinks he could. <laughs> yes, it's a very good point. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I will first ask you a question and then we'll go back and forth. Okay. okay here cool. we go. All right. Diana, yes. seconds on the clock. The writers of Eternals want a prequel series on Disney Plus, kind of going like into the past of all the characters and such and such. Thoughts? A little nervous because, you know, they said that the Eternals movie that just released wasn't, was kind of boring. It was kind of dull. And I don't uh-huh. know if it's because of the characters or because of just the writing. So it's just like, would we need this? Or is it just something that they want to do for like a, more of a money grab? I don't know if it's the fan kind of wanting it or if it's just Disney being Disney. I don't know. Perfect. You're natural at this. Okay. Okay. okay for you, Dan. Titanic Studios, where Game of Thrones was filmed, is up for sale. Thoughts? Yeah, Game of Thrones um, brought this whole industry to Northern Ireland, like this whole film industry with, with, with Titanic Studios. It like kind of revitalized this whole area. And then it filmed the prequel there, the original one, but then they didn't go ahead. And then their new prequel is filming in London. So this giant studio where they built this giant King's Landing set is going to be up for sale. It, it's kind of too bad um, that it couldn't be kept in the HBO family. But uh, yeah, all right, Diana. Um, the, the this one's pretty big. Mm-hmm. The original Harry Potter cast, including Daniel Radcliffe, Brooklyn, uh, Emma Watson, 
is all reuniting for a big HBO Max special on January 1st. And like, oh and like everyone else is in it too. Thoughts? Oh my God. I'm super excited. I feel like as a Harry Potter fan, I've been waiting for this for so long. And I wonder how they're going to feel about, you know, their roles, you know, like almost 10 more than 10 years later, especially when the world has changed so much, but Harry Potter still remains like one of the best it chosen ones really does. ever. It's just so timeless. And I, I know the actors are timeless too. So yeah. Looking forward to that. Yay. Okay. okay. So Disney, once again, is reviving the 1990s mm-hmm. X-Men cartoon on Disney plus. What do you think? So Disney had this, had this big um, blowout event where it announced like tons of new Marvel things. And one of the weirdest ones was, okay, again, old 90s kid. I remember this old X-Men show that kind of like gets memed a lot online nowadays, like this kind of perky, jerky, not that great, too realistic animation. Um, and th- th- they're reviving it for old people like me who remember it and will just watch it for no other. Okay. Oh, I wanted to know your thoughts. It's okay. I'm bemused. Okay. Um <clears throat> Rory McCann, who played mm-hmm. the Hound on Game of Thrones, is going to get his own TV show. He's going to be um, a, at the head of a British crime drama called DCI Daily. That stands for Detective Chief Inspector, by the way. I looked it up. <laughs> uh, good for him. I, I, I was worried, you know, with the Hound being so tall. I don't know if he's that tall, but it, it being so tall, that <laughs> was going to be typecasted and like, you know, these kind of mean kind of roles, but to see that he's a detective now, it's like a definitely a 180 from what we know him to be. And I'm excited. Good for him. Yeah. Totally good for him. Cause he was like a really appealing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can talk a little more after this, but I don't know. I'm trying to stick to the rules. Okay. So the concept art for Obi-Wan Kenobi show, what do you think of yeah, it? This is another thing that they showed up at the Disney um, big press tour. I mean, it's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fighting. You know, what's interesting about this to me was that this giant Disney show, they did a ton of Marvel stuff, almost no Star Wars stuff, which makes mm-hmm. me wonder if they're a little backed up or something like no Mandalorian, no book of Boba Fett. Well, maybe it's Boba Fett. And they had like a concept up for this. It's really, really um, anticipated. Anakin Skywalker's coming back. So is so. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Um, for any supernatural fans out there, the CW is open to making more supernatural episodes. Diana, are you a fan at all? Oh no! I, isn't that show like on season? It was like twenty seasons 16, or something. 18. I don't think we need any more. I think it's time to let that go to bed. Unlike Harry Potter, it is not timeless. I think people grew out of it a long time ago. <laughs> it's time to retire them. Please put supernatural to, to rest. It's time. Good. It's hard because so many like we we, we love a reboot in this day and age. So nothing is safe ever. Exactly. Okay. Sorry. Let me pull up one more question. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. So for you, <laughs> the new predator film prey is set 300 Ooh. years in the past and is coming to Hulu. Are you excited? <gasps> um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I've actually never seen predator. Um, but, um, it's kind of cool. It's like, it's like centuries in the past and it's like he, he's stalking um, an American Indian tribe this time, which I mm-hmm. think is pretty new rather than like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the jungle. Um, I'm happy for predator fans everywhere and I hope they get what they want. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Shall we? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't run this one by you, but we're just going to see what happens. Um, I don't know if you've seen the matrix, but there's a new poster for the fourth matrix movie, the matrix resurrections. (gasps) Look at it. 
Interested Diana at all? I am. I love Keanu Reeves. I will admit I've never seen the Matrix, but I know a lot of memes, so it feels like I saw the Matrix. (laughs) So therefore, I'm very excited for this comeback. And I don't know if that um, Nero guy would be back, but I hope he is. Is he in the is he in the picture? I don't know. Nero, the I don't know. I don't know the name. Neo? Oh, maybe. Because Neo Uh, is Keanu Reeves. I don't, oh. I don't remember in Nero, but it's been a while. I'm showing my age. Ignore me. I've never watched it. And I, I tried. I try. You know, like when you're my age, you say I'm showing your age. It's um, an admission of defeat. When you're your age, <laughs> so you're showing your age. It's a brag, basically. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. Um, and that is about all we got. Let's see how many good comments here. Uh, so I will love the 90s X-Men. Y'all I'm talking about people who remember the 90s. Um, Jen, the hound did wonder about him. Yeah, I, I did too. Cause like so many of those game of Thrones, people like got fairly famous, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of good ones who weren't like in the center who maybe didn't get the blow up. So it's cool to see someone who wasn't like at the very top of the bill, get a show of his own. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a Tom Cruise debate going on of whether he's good <laughs> or bad whole other episode. Anyway, guys, thanks for coming and watching us. It was a fun show. Thank you for Diana for coming over. I had a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun. Good. And uh, you can catch us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, here at the Winner is Coming Facebook page and the Winner is Coming YouTube page. We also got the Wick Club for extra videos, articles, prizes, and such. And we are available to download in podcast form wherever podcasts are available, be that iTunes, Google Play, wherever uh (laughs) thanks for watching and we'll see you again soon goodbye this podcast is brought to you by fansighted join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between protect your dream home with american family insurance and you can weather any storm You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.